be in the river of life and let life also dance with you and reveal to you what's true. Thanks to GoodRx for supporting The Kathy Heller Show. GoodRx is a free and easy-to-use service that allows you to instantly compare prices for your prescriptions and find discounts on your medications. To start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions today, go to goodrx.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to TurboTax Live for supporting my podcast. Whether you own an up-and-coming small business or you're invested in crypto for the first time, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or even do your taxes for you from start to finish, no matter your unique situation. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Also, thanks to Upstart. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dreamjob. We're also supported by ZocDoc. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Kathy Heller. Welcome to the Kathy Heller Show. Today, the wonderful Amber Ray is back on the podcast and we're going to have such an amazing conversation. She's always such a joy. Before I dive in, I just want to tell you two things. Number one, I just put up a beautiful reel yesterday of a trip that we took to Blackberry Mountain. I want you to watch it and I want you to feel how you feel when you watch it. And then I'm hoping that it will model for you what's possible for your life. And I'm curious, what can you see as that next amazing, expansive experience that's waiting around the corner for you? What would be that next amazing trip you wanna take? What would be that next amazing place you wanna visit or that next thing you wanna do or make or say that would just make you feel like, like you opened up a doorway to this place of expansion and possibility. I'm really curious what your answer is. So go to my Instagram at kathy.heller and watch my recent reel. And would you write that in the comments or DM me after you watch it? I want to know what is the most expansive thought you could muster, your biggest desire. How many of you heard Monday's episode of Mike Dooley? It was so good. It was like a stream of just gorgeous truth. And he talked about how like our only job is to get so committed and excited to the desire and let the universe figure out the how. Because he said the universe is not neutral. It is so stacked in our favor. And as soon as we go first and step into what we want, what we desire and what we crave and just feel it and enjoy how good it feels and anticipate it, it literally shows up in the most incredible ways. And it's true. I have so many examples of that. It's uncanny. So if we are the director and we are writing the movie and we are casting the scene, have fun with this today and go to my Instagram and watch the reel. It's one minute. You're going to love looking at the scenery of my kids sledding and us being up in the mountains. And then I want to know what is there for you. So you can comment on the reel or DM me at my Instagram. I'm curious. The other thing I was just going to say is that I am offering a few VIP days. I've opened up a few slots, very few, but I'm doing a few of these one-on-one VIP days. And there's a couple other 
ways that I'm opening up to work with people in a closer container. If you want to check that out and see what's available, you can go to kathyheller.com slash apply and you can see what you might want to apply for. All right. Well, I'm really happy because my friend Amber Ray is back on the show. She's a best-selling author, artist, and a global voice for emotional wellness and self-discovery. We had her here a few years ago and she talked about her journey and her amazing book that I know a lot of you love. It's called Choose Wonder Over Worry. And this time she's here to tell us about her new book, The Answers Are Within You, 108 Keys to Unlock Your Mind, Body, and Soul. It's such a beautiful guide with her illustrations and prompts. It's going to help you explore your emotions, reimagine success, and move through self-doubt and comparison and honor your intuition and give you the clarity and courage to trust yourself. You're going to learn so much about you as you go through this book, so definitely grab a copy. Amber's been featured in the New York Times and New York Magazine today, Self, Fortune, Forbes, and Entrepreneur, and I'm so glad that she's my friend. She's done such incredible work, and she's helping so many people to heal I know that you're going to love her. So without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Amber Ray. Amber, thank you so much for coming. Of course. Love being here with you. Always a treat. You are a treat for everybody. Uh, I received your book and it's, first of all, the first thing you know about your book when you look at it, it's so beautiful. And I was like flipping through it. I was like, I have to sit down and read this because it's like calling to me like a siren. It's, it's, Mm. it's so beautiful. And the work in the book is so beautiful. I think we should just dive right in. You've been here before. If people want to go back and listen to that episode, we'll link to it, but this book is so important and I want to dive in. So the answers are within you. What, why did you want to write that book? You know, it's interesting because I think when I was writing it, I thought I was making it for others, but I realized that when I finished it, it it's actually a permission slip I was writing myself. And it was really coming from the idea that, you know, in modern society, there is so much noise in the world around us. There are so many opinions, so many authority, so many people telling us how we ought to live our lives. And I think it, particularly in the last couple of years in the pandemic, there's just been more noise, more fear, more anxiety, more uncertainty, which has created a level of, you know, disconnection from ourselves, our bodies, our source. And so the book is really a reminder that the answers, approval, whatever it is that you're seeking can't be found out there. It it resides within you. And so it's filled with reminders and prompts and questions and illustrations that are all designed to really guide you back home to yourself. So many books these days are like, here's what to do. You know, they're, they're more prescriptive in nature. And I didn't want to tell people what to do. I wanted to show them what to ask so they could find their own answers. Yeah, that is, it's huge because it's interesting. Gary Zukov was here and he was talking about how we have insight when we close our eyes, right? Not from mm-hmm. looking out around us all the time. But he said the mole, the animal, the mole is so, is so wise because it's like it's looking inside. It doesn't have its eyes open. And we forget. We forget that anything's inside of us because we're constantly looking at this illusion that it's all outside. So in this book, you talk about several important pieces. And I just want to like go through them a little bit, see as much as we can go, go through. Great. So first of all, um, you talk about embracing rejection, which... Mm. For a lot of people, that is a hard no. Like Mm -hmm. rejection is just all kinds of bad. Mm -hmm. What's your approach to that? My thinking is that rejection is is redirection because anything that's meant for me, I think, I believe will, will find me. 
And, you know, I think of the process of even writing my first book, I got rejected by so many literary agents who, you know, at first it was like, you know, stabbed to the heart, like, I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? You know, in my mind, our minds can go to these different places. And um, ultimately, that all of those no's eventually led me to the woman that I work with today, who is like my person in terms of literary agents. And I feel like in each of those conversations, I learned something about how I was presenting the material. I learned something about, you know, whether it was resonating, what wasn't landing and just like how I was showing up and presenting. And sometimes, you know, I realized I may have been performing and not as authentic if I, as I would have liked. And so I feel like when we have moments of, of rejection, it's an opportunity to take a step back and reflect and be like, am I presenting as my true self here or am I performing to try to get a yes? And then allowing the rejection just be like, you know, when I worked with Seth Godin so many years ago, he would always say, make more mistakes, make more mistakes. It was something he like, you know, embedded in us because mistakes are and failures are actually just learnings and wisdom in disguise. And so when we can learn to view mistakes, rejection, failure in that same way as learnings, as insight, then that we can apply that to the steps that we take moving forward. I know this is so cheesy, but just last night I was blasting this rascal flat song, which is bless, <laughs> bless the broken road. And like, I mean, I'm a Jewish girl who's been living in LA. Like, I don't know that I'm their like target audience, but like, I'm into it, man. Like this song, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. And I just mm. think, I think about the miscarriages I had before mm. I had my, my, my daughter and like, I wouldn't have had her. I would have had some other person, you know, or I think about meeting my husband after a broken engagement. And mm. I think about the things in my life that I even get to do because of the pain or because of something I went through. And that song feels so true to me that it's all happening for us. It's all a gift. And I love that you say it that way. I've quoted you saying rejection is redirection a lot of times. So mm. that's, that's a very beautiful way to put it. You also talk about redefining and reimagining what success is. And this is so big because we live in such an achievement oriented happiness is only when you are whatever quote unquote success is. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to you to redefine and reimagine success? You know, I think we so often focus on success being this, this outward quest. And to me, success is more about who am I becoming in the process of getting there or making that thing or becoming this partner or parent or whatever it is that we're doing in our lives. I think when it's always there focus, then we lose sight on the moment that we get to be in the journey we get to take to get there. And so, you know, so many people say this is about the destination, but like, but truly, and, and that what helps me is to really think about instead of, um, it's like moving from, for to from. So instead of doing things for power, doing them from power, instead of doing things for love, doing them from love, instead of doing things for joy, doing them from joy. And I notice that when I'm coming from that from, it just infuses every day with so much more intentionality and purpose and authenticity. And then oftentimes where I end up going, I might say, I want to create this and this is what it's going to look like. And here's my like three-year plan. 
But six months in, when I'm coming from such a place of truth and authenticity and integrity, what happens is that new doors open. There's like a trap door with a hidden road and, and life takes me on some journey that I could have never imagined or predicted. And I think that's the beauty of, of letting success be this like emergent path that's more based on just living from truth and authenticity and integrity. Because yes. what's going to emerge is like, that's, that's the mystery of life that we then get to dance with. It's so good. And you said this word before, like certain, and I think it's the ego that just like where the ego is built to protect, right? That's where the mind comes in and we want certainty. And then you said, but that dirt road that leads to the path that leads to the doorway. And it's like, <gasps> you know, and like, you just moved and like, I'm like, where are you? And it's like, you never would have known that you'd wind up in that place in that house near that Creek. And it's so special. That's what makes it so like, we all want this like transcendent experience that feels beyond the horizon. And right. yet in order to have that, we have to be willing to surrender knowing how it's going to look and holding on to the outcome. Totally. I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. I last May, my partner and I of 10 years, my husband and I, we separated. And that was the most difficult, terrifying, scary moment of my life. And it was just, you know, I didn't want to hurt people. I was afraid of what happened on the, I mean, there was just like everything. What people would say. I mean, it was just like so overwhelming though. I will say like it came, that decision came from what was authentic and honest and true. And, you know, I, what a big part of it was like, oh no, we failed. Like we've been together for this long. Why can't we make it work? What's wrong with us? Like, should I be ashamed? And eventually I came to the, the remembering thanks to a dear friend. He was like, I look at your relationship and I'm like, wow, did they like go for it? They grew so much. They put their hearts into it. And they are like different people now than who they were in the beginning. What a success. Like who says that just because a marriage ends, it means that you failed. And that perspective was, I found to be like, not only really helpful, but it helped me move through like all of the different emotions that were coming to the surface. And then back to what we're just saying, like, I didn't necessarily expect or see that coming, but there were all these hidden doors. I didn't know I was going to come to LA and up in Topanga, like the life I'm living now, I never could have imagined. And it took moving through so much heartache and pain and angst and discomfort to really, but like, I knew it was what was true. And so I had to like, I had to follow that. Oh my God. You know, not that men can't relate to that, but 91% of this audience is women. And I, mm-hmm. I just feel like we don't talk about that enough, what you just said. And it's like really juicy. I feel like there's a lot of people in relationships who are abandoning themselves, but thinking yes. it's better. And then there's a lot of people who are leaving, but really should be staying because that's actually not authentic, right? Like that whole conversation, I feel like we should have a lot more. Um, so I, I applaud you. And I'm reminded that when I was like, I think right out, sometime after college, I remember reading Tipper Gore, Al Gore and his wife had gotten divorced. And I read this letter that she wrote as like an op-ed in the New York Times saying, if I would have just left a job after 40 years, you'd be celebrating me you'd be like mm. saying, I did such a phenomenal job doing this for so long. And she's like, and, and Al and I have, we have gorgeous kids and we've been friends and we lived through so much. And I think it's a lot to celebrate actually. And I was mm. just like, it, it gives me chills to think that she said that. I've never heard anybody else say that so publicly. And mm. she was damn right. Like mm-hmm. that's an extraordinary thing. 
to be mm-hmm. in a relationship with somebody. And that's a beautiful gift that your friend gave you that perspective. And yeah, it's like, what a, what a cool thing that you just laid out as a possibility that on the other side of the thing that would scare you the absolute most that would require you to hold space for lots of pain could be this freedom and this feeling that you could never have even planned for that really sets your soul on fire and to just sit with that because so often, right. We run the other way from anything that feels like it could be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so another one of the themes in your book, which it's not exactly related, but it is related on some level is you talk about setting boundaries and Mm -hmm. why that's related to me is because when you've been, codependent and you've been a people pleaser for a long time, then it really feels terrifying to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that, you know, if you're writing about that and I've read some of what you wrote, you can speak to that a little bit. And I know that comes from, for our audience. So what do you say to women who have a condition of wanting to be liked and wanting everyone to feel good Mm -hmm. and therefore kind of set themselves on fire instead? Yeah. I've been uh, deep in this with my therapist. Um, Me too. (laughs) She calls it the pleasing disease, which I am just like, oh, I love that I have a label for it. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, I've been I have it. my, yeah, the, the history of self-betrayal and all the ways I learned to abandon myself to keep the harmony and peace. And I, it's funny for me because I was someone who was like, I am, I live in my truth. I like speak my truth and like truth is my value, which I truly believe that it was until now I look back and I'm like, oh no, there, there were some ways I was definitely abandoning myself. But, you know, that's the gift of perspective. And, you know, what I have to say about boundaries is that like, it all comes back to, for me, what do I value? What do I value the most? And then how do I have my life be a reflection of that? So there's two thoughts on boundaries. I'll I'll do both. But one is like, I value authenticity. I value integrity. I value self-care. I value quality time with people that I love. Like, I think sometimes our response to boundaries is like, I don't like this. And so I'm going to set a boundary. And while I think sometimes when anger arises, it is an opportunity of like, this isn't feeling right. Something's off here. And I think sometimes when it's a reaction, we don't always get beneath what's really happening to understand what is really the unmet need here that we are trying to design for and design around. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I like to start with values is because like, you know, I am trying to think of an example, like maybe my partner didn't do something that I wanted him to do. And so he didn't follow through and I'm mad and I'm angry and boundaries and I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Um, But like, what that really is, I think illuminating and pointing to is that like, I really value integrity. And so what is then the need for me around integrity? It might be that I'm going to follow through on the small things that I commit to myself and say, I'm going to do. And then with that, sort of understanding of what the need is, then we can set, okay, what are the steps to meet this? And so like, I'm going to go on a nourishing walk every evening. I don't know, whatever it is for you, but that's been a framework that's helped me or I value self-care. So I'm not going to set alarm clocks these days, or I don't know, or I'm going to have a morning practice at this time has helped me to like, think about boundaries in a less, I think, uh, reactive way. That's such a cool take on it because you just made it all about like, I mean, 98% of what you just said was like, make sure that you're aware of your own needs mm-hmm. and attend to that. And then it's much easier to navigate where you need to set a boundary. And you're right. Mm-hmm. So often we are 
so depleted and so disassociated from our own self care at all that we just then kind of sling ideas or assign certain things or pretzel ourselves thinking we have to for other people and build up resentment when a lot of that could be avoided mm-hmm. if we just listen to what you just said and just said, all right, so that I'm going to take dominion over that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really like, I, I feel like that's more boundaries with self. And the reason I went there first is because so often I think we think about boundaries with other people. Um, and I found that when my boundaries are really clear and I'm meeting my needs with myself, I tend to be far less reactive with like yeah. the people in my lives. I tend to have like a little bit more compassion. I'm not mad that they're not doing the things that I'm not doing myself, you know, <laughs> cause I'll be like, they're not doing that thing. It's like, wait, am I doing that thing for me? <laughs> Totally hear that. And one of the other things you talk about in the book, which, which really dovetails nicely into this conversation is you talk about gaining clarity and courage to listen and trust our, our own intuition. And it's kind of goes back to where we started, which really is the, the overall theme of this is like connecting to self, right? Not your ego, which gosh, everybody, I'll put a link to your first book, choose wonder over worry, because Amber does such a good job for those of you listening in really helping you hear the different voices that like your mind makes up of all these different parts and, 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 and then coming back to self, like what is like your, your center? How do you do that? You talk about trusting your intuition. How do you listen to all the characters and then know which one to sort of say, Oh, but that's my intuition versus anything else. Yeah. And I think we, we've talked about this. I have a lot of characters in my head. I've got like anxious Annie. That's like, ah, I've got Grace, the perfectionist who's British. And it's like, um, but that's not good enough. And then I've got Doc, who's this imposter, who is like a professor at Harvard. And Doc's like, Amber, did you check your data point on that? So I've, I've got lots of voices. Um, I'm not a crazy person, I swear. No, I think it's important to, and that is just notice for me, the difference between, let's say like fear and intuition is where is the voice coming from and what does it sound like? So I know that I'm dealing with like fear, for example, what's not intuition and clarity when it's a lot of fast moving, speeding thoughts, there's like a anxious quality to it. It's, it's very in my head and, um, I feel disassociated and disconnected from my body. And so, and it's often coming from a place of like needing to control, solve, fix, or, um, make something go away. Whereas like intuition, it's just a process of like. Like right now I'll do this thing where I close my eyes and I just, I literally feel myself drop into my like gut area. And if I'm feeling really busy, actually a visualization that I'll do is I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine that there's a little me on a diving board in my brain. And I'll imagine that I jump off the diving board and like go all the way down and like eventually like I take this big dive and eventually land into this pool of water. And then I've like landed in the like zone of my uh, source and intuition. And then once I'm there, I'll ask a question and I'll be like, what's the next right move? Or what do you really think about this? Or how does this opportunity, you know, really feel or what's really going on that you're scared to say? you know, I'll just ask the questions. And then that like, once I'm in that place of like stillness and like softness and and more surrender and an open listening, that voice speaks. It's so powerful. I could just feel it. Yeah. It's really cool to even just 
articulate and then you ask a question, what's the next right step or what do I need to know from this place? How does this actually feel? Because so often when I ask people questions or I hear people in their own conversation, they're like, I just don't know. I just don't know. And it's like, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. You do know. You just avoid what you know for some reason, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've turned off the volume on Mm -hmm. what you know because it feels like either, what what would you say? Why do we think we don't know or can't access it? I mean, when I hear people say, I don't know, I hear I'm scared. I'm scared to know is actually what I hear. I'm scared to go there. I'm scared to, you know, reveal the truth. I, I'm an avid journaler. I teach a lot of journaling workshops and so many people come to me and they're like, I'm afraid of what's going to come out on the page. Yep. And because that's the place the intuition loves to speak, that's the place where you can get the noise and the ego out of the way. And then all of a sudden another voice starts piping up and you're like, whoa, who is this? This is the voice of my truth. Um, And I think that truth can be scary for a lot of people because truth, you know, can have a lot of repercussions like that. I mean, that's been the last year of my life. I wrote this book because I was like, Amber, listen to the answers within you. You've been avoiding and running (laughs) and not listening literally is what I now realize. Wow. I love this conversation so much. Before we keep going, I just want to thank our sponsors. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. There's always the question of, will they take my insurance or do they understand my needs? Will they be available when I can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visits. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. I love how easy it is to just go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit... It's just like that. You're booked. So you can find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. It's your go-to trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash dreamjob. If you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt, what dream life would you have? Would you travel to a new city or grow your own business or start a family? Well, with Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly with a personal loan so you can tackle your next big financial goal. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, so their model also considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information that you provide in your loan application. This way, they can find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. I know that having debt can be overwhelming, so I'm excited that Upstart is helping people work their way towards that freedom. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dreamjob. That's upstart.com slash dreamjob. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash dreamjob. For you, and this is what's so beautiful about life, is it's always about, you know, our world is a reflection, right, of, of what's inside. And so you don't have to share because it really isn't even about him or your, your, your ex. It's like, what was it in you that you were avoiding knowing about you just or about yourself? 
What was I avoiding knowing? I think very simply that like, this wasn't right and true. I think I was avoiding knowing that we were just best friends. I think I was avoiding knowing that my deepest needs weren't being met and I was letting that be okay. I think it's, you know, I was, when I look back now, I'm like, whoo, there were like a lot of like deep fundamental human needs that like weren't really alive in the container of our marriage. And that's not like, I'm not to shame him or even to shame me. Cause I, part of me was like, shame on you, Amber, what were you doing? Um, and he's a, you know, beautiful human, but it was just like, I think I was um, afraid to admit what was really true because if I did, I knew what that meant. And I knew that meant that I would have to leave. And that was very scary because I didn't know where I would go. I didn't know how he would feel. I didn't know how everyone else would feel. I didn't know, you know, we had built so much in our life that the thought of like blowing that up and destroying that almost was scarier than doing what was true for me. And so I kept pushing down my truth because it's like that following my truth is actually, yeah, it's, it's scary to go here. And so it was just like too hard to hear until it became too loud and I couldn't ignore it. For so many people who are listening, maybe they could benefit from your beautiful courage. And now that you've lived that experience and you've also lived other experiences where you're in different relationship in, in different constellations, what's your perspective on when you can trust that it really is your truth versus it's actually your fear, right? Because sometimes mm -hmm. people who have like, for me, I come from an interesting world where like my attachment style is like, where's the door? Where's the door? Let's get it. You know? So I'm like, I have to sort of like, whoop, like scoop myself back up all the time. And it's a pattern in my life. So avoidant. Avoid uh, yeah. I'm both. I'm the best. Okay, I'm disorganized. I'm anxious okay, okay. and avoidant. It's awesome. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm good. I have no needs. And then I'm like, and when are we, when is this ending? Exit, exit, exit. So, yeah. um, you have been in different iterations of, of different relationship. Right. And so it's like, for, I'm just curious your perspective on like, when do you think it's, this is my truth versus, okay. Like this is, you needing to come back, share what you need and da, 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 da. Cause I think that's something that the women, especially listening to this and men, but I think it's something that we could all benefit from hearing your, your perspective on. You know, I just knew is all I can say. And there were, you know, we were together for, what was it? 10 years before we were there for a minute. We tried, like there were several breaks in the relationship where I remember Esther Perel saying like, this is the end of your relationship. Would you like to start a new one? And so there were like new st restarts within the restarts. Okay. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try. I feel like I tried myself out. Like it was, you know, and there was even a point in my life where, when I was living in New York city and I felt so disconnected from myself. And something felt so off and I could not figure out what was off in my life. I could not, I was like so tired. I like slept for a month. I thought I was like burnt out on the other side of a book. Like when my first book came out, it was like roaring, you know, 10 city tour. And then all of a sudden when I got home, I like hit a wall and I was so exhausted. I couldn't get out of bed for like two months. And, um, I was like, okay, I got to like, what's going on here. And so I like looked at my work and I was like, let me make changes in my work. And then I looked at my self-care and I was like, let me make changes in this. And then like, I looked at, um, certain, I was like, I literally made changes at how, what am I eating? What am I drinking? I like made changes in every area of my life. Where am I living? Okay. Let me leave New York city. 
move across the country and ultimately realize that like the true source of, of disconnection was actually the relationship. And so, but it took me another two years to really like know that. And so I feel like sometimes, you know, I was talking to a girlfriend, El Luna, and I was like, I feel a little bit of shame because I feel like, why didn't I like do something sooner? Why didn't I make a, if I like knew this, cause I had inklings over the years of like, ah, <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, I think that once you knew you did something about it and there was a period of time where you just didn't know. And so that, that was a helpful framing for me. So it's like, how do you know the difference between fear and in that knowing is that like, I think there was both that were there. And I think they kind of were hand in hand. There was a fear of certain needs never being met. And in that, there was a knowing that maybe this isn't right and true. So I wish I had like a a better, I feel like I don't have the right answer for that, but. No, it's all beautiful. (laughs) It's all beautiful. And, and I also, I recently was speaking to a woman. She's wonderful. She works with Byron Katie and uh, she was coaching me. And she Mm -hmm. was saying, do you feel like, you always make the decision or do you feel like sometimes there's also, while you have your own river of your life, life is a river Mm. and life itself sort of is meeting you. And then the decision is clear. And she goes, for instance, like, have you ever been like trying to figure out where you're going to eat or where you're going to move or what book you're going to buy? And you think, do you really think you made the decision or do you think, wait a minute, I actually bought that book because I was in car line yesterday picking up my daughter and this woman said, you should get that book. And she just happened to be walking outside. And then I was looking at the TV and I saw so-and-so interviewing so-and-so and it reminded me of the thing. And then I walked into the store and I saw it. I was like, I'm getting the book right now. Like, that's what I'm doing, buying the book. Like there is this river. Yes, life. yes, 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 yes. This is exactly it. This is it. That freed me so much because it's, it's like so true. It's so true. We put so much pressure on ourselves that we need to know and we need to figure out if it's intuition or fear. But like that, I mean, that's what happened. We moved to Baja. We were working on a land project. Like it was all of these random coincidental things that all formed into this exact moment where I realized I'm this out. is no longer right and true. <laughs> right. And I did and I didn't fully know until that exact moment. And when I knew in that exact moment, it came from a place of like it didn't come from, it came from, and then it was like, okay, now that I know that I can't unknow that or unsee that. Exactly. Here we go. There were so many external factors that played a role in that knowing coming into, and I like that because it's like, then it's like, we're constantly inquiring and thinking and reflecting and all of that, where it's like, be in the river of life and let life also dance with you and reveal to you what's true. Exactly. And then when you actually allow yourself to just open your eyes to what's inside and all around you, you go, it's so obvious what the information has stacked up to be. Yeah. This is what I'm doing now. Boom. Yeah. That's it. So it's like, woo, I love goosebumps. (laughs) Totally freed me. Totally freed me. I'm free. You just freed me. Yes. Yes, I knew I could do that. So um, <laughs> it's so good. You're right. That like ping ponging. I mean, in so much of your first book was about that, like the worry and the wonder and what's what's true and what's not. And like, oh gosh, do we just get caught in this place? And it's like, yeah, I love to just say like, move. Like when you're in, it's like, 
how can you move your body? How can you move your emotion? Mm -hmm. How can you get outside? It's like, go back into the stream. There's a whole stream there. Get right back Mm -hmm. in that current and you're going to go, oh, here comes some more clarity right here, right around the corner. You also talk about, I guess, the thing that I think is bigger pandemic than anything, which is the self-doubt and comparison that we all have on some level. And so how do you overcome that? And how do you want people reading this book to deal with that? I think it twofold. I think envy and comparison, a helpful reframe for me, particularly creatively, is that it's inspiration in disguise. So typically I see it, you know, everything is a mirror. So if I'm looking at someone, I'm like, damn it, they're doing that thing that I really want to do. Why am I not doing that? That is like, oh, that is desire that I'm feeling for something that that person is embodying. Yeah. And so instead of going into a place of like, oh, like be like, you know, beating myself up because I'm not doing that thing. It's like, oh, that's admiration, inspiration. Great. What about that resonates with me? How can I apply that to my practice? And so it's like, I find envy to be so helpful of like, oh, that's interesting. But then it's like, you know, if it's like body image stuff, like I've, you know, I had eating disorders in my teenage years and early twenties. And I like, there's still a part of me that like has this not enough story. And so like there, I can very quickly be like, start, you know, spiraling into not enoughness. Um, if I like, you know, see someone who's more fit or something like that. And for that, that just illuminates to me like a place within me that wants love and compassion and to like to be met with so much gentleness. And like, that's not like, oh, I need to be more fit now. Um, That's like, I need to meet myself with tenderness. And like, that's a place within me that's still like, you know, there's a wound there and I can meet that part of me with like a lot of kindness. I love that. And I also just want to give you this compliment, which it's so genuine. I'm just thinking about it in this moment, but We've talked a lot on the show about the five biggest regrets of the dying and Bronnie Ware was here recently too. It was really fun to have her. And just that idea that like the number one thing is that people don't feel they live life on their terms. And it's just interesting to hear you sharing all this because I think of you as someone who really lives life authentically on your own terms. Mm -hmm. And it's so sexy to me. Like, I'm like, oh, I could just like watch you like (laughs) living your life. And it's so, it evokes so much yummy in me and it's beautiful and it gives me so much permission Mm. and you do it so well. And I kind of want to hear a little bit about it and what your days and your weeks look like and how maybe you could offer how other people could have that kind of like authenticity and freedom in their day. Mm. Well, I will give the, the caveat that I don't have a family yet. So I, I feel like when I describe, I have so much freedom still I think when I like move into mama land and all of that, like I'm very like, that is going to be the ultimate challenge for me is how do I like care and attune to this being with so much of my love and presence while also attuning to myself with love and presence. I think that's going to be like, I'm, you know, I'm nervous and excited for that. Yeah. But that aside, I think, you know, I just moved into a place in, in Topanga and my days right now, I mean, it's, it's really seasonal because it depends on what I'm creating, what I'm launching. But yesterday I went and I hiked for 90 minutes and then I went to the ocean and I jumped in the ocean um, <laughs> to do a salt cleanse. And then I came back and then I showered and then I like, I've been finding joy in mundane tasks though, like laundry and dishes and um, all of these things I'm about after this, I'm going to go water. Well, I have an event with Microsoft, but after that, I'm going to go water all the yard. 
And it's like, I'm finding that particularly for me being in nature, it makes everything just like, it's, it's about like bringing presence to every single thing yeah. that I'm doing, whether that's like wiping water off of a dish or like doing laundry and like shaking out the clothes. I'm finding that like, it's all a meditation. So whether I'm on a hike and moving my body or dipping into the ocean or like sipping a glass of wine, which maybe has more like a static bliss or like, you know, meeting a friend or like whatever it is. But it's like, for me, it's about remembering that like life is this eternal moment. And if I can bring my full presence to it, even if I'm like in the throes of conflict in a fight, if I can bring my full presence to it and like use that as an opportunity to not go away, but to stay and to stay into the discomfort and to stay and to like, be like, ask myself, what is true for me here? I don't know. That's, that's, what's been alive for me lately is just finding the beauty in every moment, whether it's a mundane task or something that brings me deeply alive. I I love it. I'm so like entranced. It's so good. (laughs) I have a few more questions, but first a quick ad break. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting because an interesting life can mean even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. Plus, they can even take care of the whole filing process for you. So whether you launch your own startup or you're working multiple jobs, you have different side hustles, and maybe you're juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get Get you to the tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. We're supported by our friends at GoodRx. With GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices for your prescription at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. Prescription prices can vary between pharmacies by as much as $100, and usually the price you find on GoodRx will beat your insurance or Medicare copay price. So even if you have insurance, you should check GoodRx to see if you can get a lower price. From there, you can find prescription savings at over 70,000 pharmacies nationwide like CVS and Kroger, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Vons, Walmart, and more. It's free and super easy to use. I tried it out a few weeks ago because I had some medicine I had to take, and all I did was go to their site, type in the prescription I was looking for, and it showed me how much I could save at every pharmacy, so I ended up saving about 60%. I love that this exists because it's so important to take care of our health, but it shouldn't have to cost the entire budget. So I'm not surprised that it's the number one most downloaded medical app for simple, smart savings on your prescriptions, go to goodrx.com slash dreamjob. That's goodrx.com slash dreamjob to start saving on your prescriptions. GoodRx is not insurance, but can be used instead of insurance. In 2021, GoodRx users saved an average of 79% on retail prescription prices. Like what you just described is in the movie, in my mind of my life, that's how I want to live the movie. And instead I spent a lot of time on Zoom. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's actually the zoom has been it's fantastic i'm doing stuff like this which really it really really does light me up so much and mm-hmm. i just listen to you and i'm like when she gets to like 98 she's gonna look back and go i showed up for like all these tiny moments and you're gonna feel like those are the moments that you lived your life versus mm-hmm. like, hey, well, what happened i was so busy <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I mean, like, I feel you. I, when I launched this book, it's like I all interviews all week and it was on the other side of it. I was dizzy and I was like, I love my book and I love, I'm so excited for this to be out there and like, woo, you know, it's like it it is. And it's, that's why I try to think of it seasonally. And so for me, if I know in a sprint, like, okay, I'm going to sprint around this for this period of time, 
Um, I know when the sprint is, and then like, I try to bake in as much play and adventure as I can, um, in nature, but, but yeah, I feel you. It's awesome. It's so good. When you talked about launching other than this beautiful book, what's in your heart that you want to sort of put in the world and how can people like work with you? And is there a workshop coming up? Is there something Mm. else that you're sort of holding space for? Yeah, I, let's see soon. Um, I'm really focusing on journaling as my core offering because I've realized that like, if the one thing like in my life consistently, I know my truth on the page before, like, that's where I admit myself the truth. So it's like, if I don't know the truth about my life, once I start writing, I'm like, all right, there we go. So I'm going to start hosting monthly workshops with different themes, which I'm so excited about. I actually, with the launch of this book, did a virtual retreat for people who created the book. And we had a talk with young Pueblo and the class. He's so amazing. Um, The class did a 30 minute workout. And like, we had all these things. And then I led people through a journaling workshop and it like, it, I didn't, it healed me. I was like, I didn't know I needed this so much. And I like opened up to a small community about some of the shame I was feeling about ending the marriage. And we journaled with shame and like, we all went there and everyone was sharing. And it was just on the other side of it. I was like, Whoa, this is the thing that I want to teach. So I actually didn't know. It's funny. Cause I've been for a year, I've been like, what is the, the new offerings I want to do? And then I was in the river of life and then the river of life revealed to me, do it like this. And I was like, okay. So anyway, I'm going to start doing um, monthly workshops. I have new journals coming out and yeah, I'm building a bunch of like offerings that help people connect to and unlock the truth and answers within them through the practice of journaling. It's so good. And I, I want to be there. So I want to know about it. <laughs> yes. we'll, I'll, we'll let you let, know. I'll let my audience know too. And then on that note, the last question is like, if people were going to leave here now and, mm-hmm. and take one of the prompts, mm-hmm. book has many and mm-hmm. journal on it tell us two things. One, just give us one prompt that you think would be good to start with. And two, what are some like parameters that help you actually access like mm-hmm. your, your wisdom? Okay. Tell me how deep we want to go on a level of one to 10. A 10. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the, my question is, um, <laughs> how much truth and light do you want to hold for all of it? And I'm like, okay, I've got a few questions popping in my mind. <laughs> One's like real intense. Okay. And I was thinking I was going to go inside. Uh, the question I would leave you with, grab pen and paper, set a timer for 10 minutes. And at the top of the page, write, what truth am I afraid to admit to myself? And then just write. And it might start with like, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything I don't want. You know, like the ego might start to jump in. or like, ooh, I don't want to go there. This is uncomfortable. Right. My, my advice to you is for those 10 minutes, try not to put down your pen and just write and, and see where it takes you would be my, my thinking for that. And then in terms of like, what, what was the second part of that question? Like do you have any parameters or ways in which people can think about journaling to get, to just pull out more of that truth. Yeah. I think for me, journaling, a few things that come to mind is that like, there's no right or wrong answer. And just like letting it be this space where you get to connect with yourself. Um, I think another parameter around journaling is that there's a lot of people that are like, you have to do it at the same time every day. That doesn't necessarily like work for me. I think once we like put discipline with it, it kind of takes away um, some of the beauty. And then in terms of like, it's just like, keep asking the questions and maybe ask the question a few days in a row to see what comes to the surface. Like James Clear, actually, he posted something that I loved 
And he was like, if you're unclear in your life, ask yourself, what do I really want? And ask yourself that question every day for 30 days. And like, you'll figure out what you really want. And so I think like, that's helpful too. And so I like, actually, I like used that like last spring. I was like, what do I really want? And I was like, journaling, what do I really want? And I was like, what do I really want? And it was, it was interesting to see what surfaced. And I feel like day one to two to three, I was like, I don't know what I really want. And then day four, I was like, I want this, <laughs> you know? So the thing about questions is that they activate our subconscious. So even like, if we are in the practice of like, what truth am I afraid to admit to myself? We might write on it. That question is going to stay with us for a little bit. Like we might dream about the question, like it's going to come alive in other ways. So I think just like simply sitting with questions and like, you know, sometimes I'll see a question then I'm like, okay. And I'll like, let myself, let it sort of be in the river of life with it for the day. And then I, I love this river of life thing. I'm not letting like stealing it from you. I will give you credit. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a moment where it's like, oh, that, that's what wants to come through. As you speak this over us, I'm just like, we hardly ask ourselves anything. Like that's what I, like, I'm just like, oh my God. Like, you know, I did that every day for 30 days. I'm like, I don't ask myself anything ever. Um, you know, even what do I want for lunch? I hardly know the answer because I'm so used to not even asking it. So it's like, I just have a coffee and call it. It's so unhealthy. Um, yeah. So this is so important. You are so beautiful. You are just beauty outside mm -hmm. and inside, you know it, come on. And this work is so important. So tell us where we can get, go get this book, which will be the beginning of everybody who's listening. This is like you diving into this journaling thing, get this book. It's going to awaken all of the stuff. You're going to love it. And so tell us where we can get the book and then where we can find you. The book is available everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, your local indie, Barnes and Noble, all those fun places. If you're listening internationally, Book Depository ships worldwide for free. Um, you can also go to amberay.com and I've got all the, all the links there. And then um, I'm on Instagram. Hey, Amber Ray. And if you go to my Instagram, the link in my bio, I actually have a free guide for journaling. I'll give you guys the link, which is like three methods to unlock your inner truth. So it gives you three different things. And in there are tons of questions. I think I have like 20, I call them soul prompts which are these sort of questions you can begin to ask yourself to unlock these. Great. We'll put that um, link in the show notes. This was so much fun. Thank you for coming. This is so fun. She's so awesome. Here are the takeaways. Number one, rejection is redirection. The moments of rejection are opportunities to reflect and ask yourself, am I presenting as my true self or am I performing to try to get a yes? Number two, make more mistakes. Mistakes and failures are lessons and wisdom in disguise. Number three, success is about who you are becoming in the process. It's in the journey we get to take to get there. Success is an immersion path based on living from truth, authenticity, and integrity. What emerges is the mystery of life that we get to dance with. Number four, when you're in the place of stillness, surrender, and open listening, your voice of intuition speaks. Number five, be in the river of life. Let the river of life dance with you and reveal what's true. Number six, life is an eternal moment. Bring your full present moment to it, even in the discomfort and mundane. Find the beauty in every moment. And number seven, get a pen to paper and set a timer for 10 minutes and write, what truth am I afraid to admit to myself? What do I really want? There's no right or wrong answer. It's just a space where you get to connect with you and keep asking the questions and see what comes to the surface. 
All right, now I wanna celebrate some wins from our alumni. So Lindsay said, I got 3,000 downloads in a month of Dear Found Her. I dropped my 13th episode today. I also signed three new clients since launching and I've had five guests ask for proposals to work with me. Plus coming off my free challenge, I had 80% of those who participated transact and buy my first workshop. Following Kathy's steps and plan truly has worked wonders. I've more than paid back myself for the investment of the class. Thank you, Kathy Heller. Oh my goodness, Lindsay, you are on fire. This is incredible. You should be so proud of yourself for getting your voice and your offer out in the world. It's amazing that you've been creating all of this and you're allowing yourself to stand and be visible to the people who need you. You can all go listen to her podcast. It's called Dear Found Her. All right, the next one, Jen said, I am so, so happy to have found my new expression of support and education for farmers. The Choosing to Farm podcast launched January 1st, and I'm editing episode seven right now. We have 992 downloads, and I'm getting really lovely long emails about the issues brought up in the conversations and more questions and additional guest recommendations. It feels really engaged. I'm so grateful that several national grazing livestock friends have been circulating it, which has really helped get out of our Vermont space. It was a bit terrifying, but I've been able to do a big free event followed by an intimate paid short course. I'm now developing a subscription model to do a monthly short course and build members over time. I'm not the same person I was six months ago. I have so much gratitude for Kathy and team, as well as the incredible cohort of new friends and supporters. We're all in this together. Jen, you are such a superstar. I love hearing this. Not only are you bringing this podcast to life, but look at the beautiful community you're creating. It's incredible to witness your transformation, and I can't wait to see what else is coming for you. Everyone, go check out Jen's podcast. It's called Choosing to Farm, New Generation Stories. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. There's so many awesome guests coming soon, so make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And I'm curious if you know someone who would find this episode inspiring. If you do, send it to them. Send them a text or an email or screenshot it and post it on your Instagram and tag Amber at Hey Amber Ray, which is Ray R-A-E, so that she knows that you love this conversation. And you can also tag me at Kathy.Heller, Kathy's of the C, and then I can repost some. And don't forget, if you want to find out how you can get more high-touch one-on-one time with me, then go to kathyheller.com slash apply and you can see what we're offering. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I hope you have an amazing weekend. Uh